Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young man back on. His name is Victor Avila. He's a retired special agent with ICE and HSI. He's got a website, VictorAviLaSpeaks.com. Go there. Victor, good to see you again. How are you? Nice to see you, Joe. Good to be back to you with you. You, you know, I, I, I see the pictures of you down by the border. I see you with Mata Flores, which I appreciate you supporting her candidacy. Hopefully she can hold that seat in, in, uh, in November. We've got to talk about what's happening at the border. You know that I'm in San Antonio. and You know that parts of the airport are cordoned off just for illegal aliens now. You've got people uh, who are um, going anywhere they want to go. They get a free phone when they get here, free clothing, all the resources they want. They get a card with some money on it. I mean, I'm, why would anybody stop coming, Victor? I mean, uh, honestly, this is these people are calling back to their people at home going, you're not going to believe it. They handed me the world here. Come on. You're, you're repeating exactly what a lot of the uh, illegal aliens that I interviewed just uh, the last two days in Eagle Pass, Texas. And I spent uh, two days there and, and in Del Rio as well. Uh, down at the border, uh, interacting with National Guard. That's a whole different story. Uh, very little Border Patrol uh, visibility. I mean, the only time I saw Border Patrol is when they showed up to actually pick up the aliens once they uh, came across the river. Wow. But I asked, I asked the aliens that question, like, uh, why are you coming? I asked them, who, who told you to come? And guess what? It, it's no longer that Biden is an invitation. It's just that everyone else is coming. So why not me? And my friend came and my cousin and my aunt and so and so. And so they said, in fact, you can come in. They will let you in and you could go wherever you want. So here they come. And and so it's everybody coming. And and by the way, no Mexican nationals, no Central Americans yesterday, uh, the wow. last few days, Venezuelans, Cubans, Nicaraguans, uh, Colombians, Russians. Uh, it is it is crazy. But the, the, the biggest part I want to mention here is is the criminal element coming from Venezuela. I had been talking about this for weeks and DHS finally came out with an intel report officially confirming what I've been talking about that uh, uh, Maduro over there in Venezuela is releasing these criminals from their prisons and rehabilitation centers uh, straight to our country. And these are the worst of the worst criminals and they're, they're turning themselves in. They don't have to be smuggled because even when they when we do get them and if we do process them and run their fingerprints, they're not going to come back with any hits because uh, Venezuela doesn't report any uh, criminal history to these databases. So we're letting them in. And, and these are bad individuals that are going to end up in communities around the country. This is no different. It's Victor Avila. Go to VictorAviloSpeaks.com. He's a retired special agent with uh, ICE and HSI. So uh, when I grew up in South Florida and I was there for, for much of my, my life, um, I saw the Mariel boat lift from Fidel Castro's Cuba. He literally opened the jails and prisons and said, here, here are your boats. Head north 90 miles. Go, go to Florida. And they did. But what Florida did was, and what ICE did back then, I don't even know it was called ICE back then. We certainly had Border Patrol back then. It wasn't DHS, though. Um, they said, okay, the Mariel boat lift. You guys are all going to go to the Chrome Detention Center. We're going to figure out who the hell you are and send you back if you're no good. You could ask for asylum because it's a communist country, and we would take your asylum claim seriously. But if you're a bad guy or a bad gal, you're going back. Why don't we do that now? Why aren't we holding these people in detention somewhere saying, we don't know who you are. We can't vet you because we don't share information with Maduro's Venezuela. We don't share information with Cuba. We don't share information with China. We don't share information with Russia. Why can't we do that until we find out who the hell these guys are? I would love to see that kind of vetting process because that's exactly what is not happening. Um, from the moment they, they cross, they get in into U.S. soil, uh, they'll wait maybe an hour, sometimes less. The Border Patrol bus comes and picks them up, takes them to the processing facility a few hours while they get processed, and then they're released 
into uh, you know bus stations and and airports. Uh, uh, by the way, in San Antonio is with the hub where the bus stations are picking them up, going to Del Rio, going to El Paso, and then heading up north. These are the the uh, our governor's buses that are, are taking them up north. Right. But it 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 is. Every time I go down there, Joe, it, I always hope hope to expect something different, and it, and I always come back so disappointed that I just cannot understand how, even though we have a National Guard standing there, that's absolutely completely, and you're gonna hear it here, is useless. It's, it's, there's no, I don't know why we're paying this type of money and this type of resources for these young men and women to be there, to stand there for absolutely no reason because they're not taking custody of illegal aliens, they're not arresting them. They're doing nothing but just pointing them in the direction of where to stand near a fence. That's about it. And and then uh, Border Patrol doesn't any, do anything else. So it is wide open. This is a, a, a disrespect to uh, our Constitution, to our laws, to our sovereignty from all these nations around the world that um, don't care to respect us. And we're not respecting ourselves by not enforcing our own, our own Constitution and our own legislatively passed laws. It is uh, Victor Avila. He's the author of a book called Agent Under Fire. Get that book, Agent Under Fire. Go to his website, VictorAviliaSpeaks.com. Victor, let's just break it down to, to the bare uh, tax here. The job of a Border Patrol agent is not to process or wave you onto a bus or say, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, what is the specific job of the Border Patrol? I always thought it meant stopping people from coming in, and if they do come in, detain them until they can be de- deported. They're not doing that now. They're doing it in a very small measure. What is the actual job? When you took the job with ICE, what was it? The, the number one word here is interdiction. That's what it is. That They're there to patrol and interdict any illegal activity at the border, human smuggling, uh, drug trafficking. Uh, that's what they want. Like you said, just if the, if a person, and before Biden, if you an illegal alien would come across the river, Border Patrol would take possession of that individual, and they had several options. One, voluntarily return them back to Mexico or whatever country they came from, uh, uh, prosecute them for illegally coming into the country. That's definitely not happening today. Um, they could do different types of uh, removals, but the, but that kept that person in custody only a few hours, and that's about it. Uh, other times, they would maybe hold them in, in, in custody if you're from a, a you know from China or other uh, nations that are farther away. Get them together and then put them on a plane back that uh, to their home country. That's not happening. It does happen here and there, and there are people that are being quote-unquote deported, but those are the ones that have the criminal history that already were convicted in this country for a serious crime, and they're trying to make their way back and got caught by because they were being, they were smuggled, they were being smuggled into the country. And I want to make that point about smuggling. It's, you see the, the numbers of apprehensions of the people that are coming in voluntarily. Yeah. Let's not forget the millions, I say, of those that are being smuggled not detected that have made their way into the country, and we have no we have no way to count that. We just don't know how many it is. No, we don't. We absolutely do not. The the uh, the, the smuggling numbers are through the roof. Laredo sector, by the way, has is two hundred stash houses in their area of human beings. The cartels uh, are still doing their drugs. They're still doing the fentanyl. They have shifted that area of they control where the humans go, and they want to send them through Eagle Pass, Texas, because that alleviates their other uh, drug trafficking routes to get the rest of the drugs into this country. It's uh, Victor Avila. He's the author of Agent Under Fire. Get that book, Agent Under Fire. VictorAviloSpeaks.com is the website. So let's talk about the individual cities along the border. Let's talk about Del Rio and Eagle Pass and Laredo and Brownsville and McAllen. 
How have these communities changed? And do these cities, I know the feds say that they're taking care of it. They're really not. Do these cities have the resources to handle 8,000 a day, whatever it is that's coming across? Absolutely, they do not have the resources. And I met with, and this trip that I just got back with, I met with local ranchers in Del Rio. I met with uh, landowners in Eagle Pass and heard it firsthand from them, from them that how fed up they are with the destruction of their properties and their ranches, uh, their their cattle, their whatever it is that they have on their ranches, how the illegal aliens are disturbing their uh, everyday uh, functions of their business there. Uh, uh, forget the cutting of the fences, that's automatic on a daily basis, but that's a big deal. Uh, sometimes people don't understand a cutting of a fence, what it does, yeah. your livestock is it gets, gets out and uh, that costs a lot of money for the local ranchers. One of the stories they told me yesterday is a, the illegal aliens will come and disconnect the water uh, systems that they have to water their, their grounds and they'll break, they'll drink water, but then break them. And then you have water spilling thousands of gallons of water for, for until the ranch owner can find out what the heck is going on. And plus the destruction, burglaries into their homes, burglaries into their uh, barns. It's nonstop. And not just the right there along the border, but 50, 60, 90 miles inward are the ones that actually got smuggled and got in there. They are, they're, they're just fed up. They want to see some action. So Governor Abbott says... Let's load some people on buses and call the bluff of cities like Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, D.C. And then DeSantis says, I'm going to even raise it another bar. I'm going to get some some people from Venezuela who just came across the border without telling us, just came across. And, and I, I, I'm going to call them illegal aliens, but they really do have a claim because they're from a communist country. I get that, but they haven't been adjudicated yet, so they illegally came here. And they are illegal aliens until that, that adjudication happens, whether they claim asylum or not. He decides to load them up on a charter plane, which I don't get to go on a chartered plane. They get two two nights in a nice hotel. I don't get to stay two nights in a nice hotel for free. Um, and then they get they get sent to Florida. They get some more food, some more resources. And then they get sent to Martha's Vineyard that literally has a sign that says, documented or not, uh, or not we welcome everyone. Everyone's welcomed here. Victor, those people were there 44 hours. That's mm-hmm. it. And they got rid of them because we can't have these people here unless, I guess, they're doing the lawn work. Um, at the end of the day, he called their bluff. DeSantis did, and Abbott is calling their bluff as well. These cities are calling these governors racist, That's although true. these cities all said they were sanctuary cities. They wanted illegals. They wanted undocumented. I mean, New York City, Victor, think about this. Got, I think, 7,000 total so far. You get 8,000 a day just coming across the border. Del Rio, e- Eagle Pass, I think I think EP by itself, El Paso is 1,300 a day. So what are they talking about? Why are they freaking out and calling in National Guard and asking for federal funding and calling everybody a racist? I mean, they got exposed here, didn't they? They absolutely did. And the number one reason is they, they've never wanted to understand the situation at the border. They they talk uh, out of their, you know, where because they don't want to know really what the issue is. And n- not until they have it in their front lawn do they absolutely then care. But I, I, I welcome the fact that that that, uh, that these governors are doing that and, and it brought the attention and it woke them up. But I ultimately don't want them to do that. I ultimately want the illegal aliens to be met at the line and kept there because then we're having to then absorb all the costs, absorb all the issues. These are human beings, and you gotta only imagine all the issues that they come, a lot of them with health conditions, uh, education, the crime. 
all this stuff that all of a sudden the, the burden is placed on the United States. I want to shift that burden back to their home countries where they're coming from. Yes. And also the and also uh, hold account, hold them accountable. Mexico is doing nothing here. And we need to go have a little chit chat with them and say, what in the world is going on in your country? By the way, the, uh, every one that I asked, and these were large groups, they all in general said that they're, the, the, especially the Venezuelans, that the hardest part of their journey from Venezuela to the United States was Mexico. It was no longer the Darien Gap where they, they get you know uh, robbed and raped and all this. It was Mexico, and that happened to them in Mexico. They got robbed, but not just by the cartels, by the corrupt government officials. Yeah, but Victor, what, what blows my mind is that when you're seeking asylum, you have to stay, you have to stop in the first Democrat free country and seek asylum there. They should all be seeking asylum in Mexico. They should not be coming here. The fact that they're skipping a, an entire country and going through that country, and again, they're put at all sorts of risk for doing it, that's on Mexico. And when Trump was the president, he made Mexico keep them there. He made Mexico make the 10 cities and not Laredo, not in Del Rio. I mean, that really was working, and it stopped the flow. It was the, the least amount we'd seen in like 50 or 60 years. And I appreciate what you said about not sending them uh, to the interior. Kerry Lake in Arizona agrees with you, although I'm glad we're exposing these people. The people of Martha's Vineyard are a bunch of liars and a bunch of racists. The people in D.C. the same. The people in New York the same. For them to feel even a tiny drop of what they're feeling every day on these border towns that you know, you and I both know are not economically, you know, high class. And I don't mean they're not high class people. They are, but financially speaking, they don't have the kind of money New York and Chicago and D.C. and Martha's Vineyard have. So I'm glad that their lesson was taught. And right now under Biden, we can't physically hold a gun to these people and say, don't come in or we'll shoot you. We can't do it. We're not, we're not blocking the border. So it's a catch-22. What do you do then? If, if you were in charge right now, even with Biden as the president, what would you do? I uh, I would want to give the border patrol agents back their authority. Yes, they have lost it completely. And ICE, especially the inter interior enforcement of ICE and HSI, the special agents. But when it comes to uh, allowing them to go back and do their jobs, and it's not just the Department of Homeland Security; it's the Department of Justice that that's equally culpable here because they're not prosecuting anybody. Let's remember, even if the border agent right now would want to arrest somebody for illegal entry into this country. The prosecutor declines that prosecution at the federal level. And, and so, you know, they're stuck. They're stuck and they're demoralized to say, to say the least. And so that would be a, a good step. I know the, the, our governor Abbott uh, signed an, that executive order to designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. I applaud that because I've been wanting to see that for a long time. President Trump got very close to do it at the federal level. But like you mentioned right now, Mexico stepped up. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't want that designation on these cartels because it would hurt them. Um, and then they shaped up and started you know, uh, securing their southern right. border. But we need to do something like designation of, of these cartels as FTOs and, and those type of situations because we're not getting anywhere. It, it is When you stand there, it is a, a very uh, difficult feeling for me to stand on that border and see absolutely nothing uh, being done. It's lawlessness what it is. It's crazy. It's Victor Avila. Go to his website, victoravilaspeaks.com. His book is called Agent Under Fire. He's retired special agent with ICE HSI. Uh, let me ask you one last question. And, and I heard something about designating these groups as terrorist organizations today on the radio. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what they said uh, from the federal government. 
But this is war with the cartels. I'm not, I'm not being, you know, hyperbolic. This is literally war um, that they are killing people who are trying to come here. Uh, Americans are being held hostage there and many times are kidnapped for ransom. They're bringing fentanyl into the, to the tune of 110,000 dead Americans every year. And we haven't done much. Victor, we have the technology. We know where these people are. Why aren't we drone striping, uh, striking them? Wouldn't that uh, just send a chill down the spines of anybody who would want to do something bad to America again? We, we've got, listen, we'll, we'll blow somebody up in Afghanistan and not think twice. Why not over here? We definitely have the capabilities. We know where there are. We have the intel to do it. It's just that we don't have the courage of our elected officials to do it wow. uh, and, and, and to protect the U.S. citizens. And I want to mention about fentanyl because... Um, these, uh, the, you know, these organizations, the federal, the, the cartels should be designated as FTOs because if you look at the deaths of Americans, yes. the cartels have killed a, a lot more than uh, all the other uh, ISIS, Taliban and uh, Al Qaeda combined. And uh, I talked to a parent that lost his 16 year old son to a fake pill, the counterfeit uh, pill laced with fentanyl. And he put it to me in a very, very peculiar fashion that I said, I'm going to use this. Uh, and he says, if I could repeat it, he says, absolutely. He says, Victor, we're experiencing three 9-11s a month in this country. Oh, my God. That's and crazy. nobody cares. And when you think about it that way, yes, we are in a war. Yes, we must go in there and interdict. I'm all for that. Let's, let's put a plan together to go in there and take these guys out because you're going to solve a lot of issues um, with, uh, by taking the cartels out and it's to, it's the humans, you will save lives. Yeah. But the problem here is that Mexico is also the, even though they're our neighbors, they don't want us to do that. They, they've already started the pushback immediately when, uh, the governor signed this executive order, somehow we're invading their sovereignty, but nobody seems to care about ours. And it's time it's that we put America first. Victor, we appreciate you. Victor, Speaks.com. We'll have you on again very soon. Thanks for being a good friend and for loving America. Thanks, man. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pack Show. Incredible information from Victor Avila. Make sure that you go and check out VictorAviLaSpeaks.com, and I'll put that interview up on Rumble later, and I'll promote it out on all my social media sites. Just go to JoePags.com, pick your social media that you like, click on it, and go and check out uh, you know whatever it is that we post. I try to get it out to everywhere. People are already asking me to hear that interview again or see that interview. I'll have it up there tonight. Keep it here. Much more to come. This is the Joe Pags Show.